Good morning, Jamie. How is it going, Keith? Atronics. It's going pretty good. I mean, this yeah. is uh, the title of this episode is season seven, episode four, third times the charm. So yes, right yeah, now you were uh, you were you were recording on some uh, some Shopify uh, hardware, huh? I, so I think that was what the issue is. Uh, is that I was recording on a machine that had a VPN connection that was like cutting out after a certain amount of time. And it was conveniently like always right around 15 minutes of recording time. Um, but yeah, it would cut out and then it just wouldn't record my audio or video, but you and I would not recognize an issue for literally the rest of the thing. Like you, there was Mm -hmm. no hiccup. It never looked like I disconnected. I could be talking to you the whole time and it would record your end perfectly fine. So of course. after 15 minutes, your recording would have an additional 20 minutes and it would be like you going like, mm-hmm. yeah, or so the, you can, and then like monologuing and no response. So yeah, it was great. It was a wonderful podcast. So I think we that's did what that people tune twice. in for anyway. I think yeah, people tune in for that. Just, just, just for, for my one side. side of the conversation. Yeah, yeah, I should have yeah. put it up as like yeah, Jamie talks to himself for 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll do it after this one because you mm-hmm. know... Uh, you know what's going to happen again. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully, if it happens again, I think the podcast is over. I think we're so done. What? Going into retirement. That's fine. For third time, charm. Yeah. Um. So what's what's been what's new, man? Uh, not a lot. I got a new keyboard. Oh. Uh, so did I tell you I got Flickety an Ergodox keyboard? I got one of the like split uh, ones. They no, are. I don't know how to f's with that, man. I don't know how to f's with that. It uh. It is very weird because it's ortholinear, right? So it has like columns or straight, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also only has one additional column effectively. Like it doesn't have all the the extra keys you would have on your right hand pinky side of things. So mm. like there's no spot for the default equals sign. <laughs> so I had to go like, oh, crap, where am I going to put that? I need that. Uh, so currently <laughs> I have it where tab normally would be because tab is right next to backspace, which is underneath my left thumb. And so it's real weird, right? So yeah, there's a bunch of thumb buttons, like a ton of them. And so like my right thumb is like space and enter, you know, the positive Mm -hmm. spaces. And then my left one is backspace and there's a tab. And then I have command keys that are by my thumbs uh, for some Hmm. things. But like arrow keys are in a weird spot. You can remap it on your own. Like they have a configurator, which is, this is actually pretty cool because the mappings are on device. But you go to like a configuration tool that you can like sign into and it remembers your keyboard layouts and stuff and you can make modifications and then you export it and just flash the firmware onto your device so that I can take it to any machine and it'll still be mapped my same Mm -hmm. funky way, which is pretty cool. How long did that take you to get like semi-proficient at like where you weren't? Um, well, it. I'll let you know in a few weeks, I guess. I okay. don't know. Um, right. I'm really, I feel pretty janky currently. Yeah. Um, like I'm probably going to remap. Well, with... you have a broken keyboard, dude. So, huh? Yeah. It's split in two. It's, it's bro- um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm probably going to go and change the whole equal sign and tab thing. So that equals will just be one of my thumb buttons because I literally try to tab complete stuff constantly with muscle memory from that's where the tab key is, you know, and mm-hmm. just put an equal sign. It just pissed me off so bad. So, uh, the rest of it, I'm actually doing a fairly good job of like backspace under my thumb, like those things. It's all going. Okay. Uh, square brackets are in a really weird spot. I think I'm gonna probably move those like currently because there aren't enough columns for those to be there. So they're underneath period and question mark. 
<laughs> I don't um, think you really need an equal sign or brackets really to program. No, especially Ruby. Yeah, definitely not. So mm -hmm. yeah, the, uh, I mean, it's a good thing. All those things are optional. I've switched to Seattle style just cause I can't actually type parentheses anymore. Uh, <laughs> that's why, that's why, uh, tender loves such a huge fan. This makes so much more sense now. <laughs> exactly. They it's have, a, it's the keyboard. Yeah. Supporting, okay. uh, parentheses. Gotcha. Cool. But, so that's uh, one of my big, uh, my big things there. Yeah. So looking forward to your keyboard, uh, an update in two weeks. And yeah, I've been using it for like, I don't know, probably a week, week and a half. Do you, and, do you do like uh typing exercises and stuff or? so they actually have a trainer like software nice. that you can be like what do you want to like type and they're like oh you do code cool what kind of language would you like to do and it'll give you like a, a chunk of code to type that exercises a lot of the keys that you would normally type and it shows and what's the your, code your keyboard laid out under the, so i can do like ruby and hmm. i don't know what the actual code was doing i kind of wasn't reading it very much but um <laughs> It has you like, you know, create a class, some methods in it and do those kind of things. And you're kind of typing it out, but it shows your key keyboard layout underneath and like what keys you're actually hitting when you're doing it, um, which is pretty cool. But you could do like I, I do normally pros kind of stuff or I, mm. I don't know, do just want when you said it. When you said it came with a trainer, I was like, oh, that'd be cool if like a like a physical person came to your house. <laughs> and like, you know, Way the tank top than you imagine yeah, and a tank top and, and some mm. uh some stretchy pants Push and those uh, keys. yeah, just, yeah. just got you out of bed in the morning at like five. Come on. We got type bitch. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just like that. That's, this yeah. is a, that's a much better uh, fantasy for how this keyboard is working out. But yeah. basically this came from go back to Keith has wrist problems from typing apparently, mm. which didn't, you know, manifest until I was in college and I started to program. So it's very much a side effect of programming. Hmm. but I was like, well, I should probably do everything I can to improve my ergonomics on things. In addition to like the stretches or whatever that I do for my wrists, man, uh, so I, yeah. I got a, I got a feeling like one day I'm just going to wake up and I'm just not going to be able to move my wrists or fingers. And <laughs> I went to the chiropractor yesterday and he was like, tried to crack my, he's like, Jesus, it's a brick. And he's like, <laughs> do you move while you work? <laughs> I was, no. I was like, uh, not as much as I should, you know, so, I'm basically a computer, sir. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, you're right at the age where if you don't actually start doing some stuff to like actively to, uh, keep yourself moving while you're working and, and whatnot, it's a bit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I've been there for, for several I'm decades. Like, Keith. Sick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <clears throat> so that was fun, but I'm trying to think what else. Oh, so I, the other day I was, where was I? I was at my in-laws or something. Um, yeah. Cause we had to move this because I was going to my in-laws, but we were over there. Kids were sleeping. I had some time to kind of think about some stuff and started thinking about some like coach journey stuff again. Like, like, Oh man, this seems like I, like I really would like to teach about, I honestly, I'm going to probably do some rails stuff, uh, here soon. Mm -hmm. So I'm starting to, uh, kick that around again, like have a little bit more motivation for it. Um, so yeah, that, that popped up and I'm still doing <laughs> Ruby obviously for the day job. So. Did, um, you didn't go to a uh, rails conf. I did Any not Shopify people go. I'm oh, well, tons of them. I did I mean, see we're, some. Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. one of the, uh, one of the bigger sponsors, the other shop of folk from Fort Wayne went and I was going to go, but, uh, one of I'm my, I'm sorry, wait, I'm sorry. Uh, term, term check real term quick. Check. Did yes. Shop of folk. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. Dude, I don't come up with the names, okay? This is just... I think it should it be Folkify. I think you should Fol call them Folkify. Folkify. No, that doesn't make sense. 
Not, okay, my bad. Shop, <laughs> shop of folk does. My bad. <laughs> folk are people. <laughs> well, I know. if you say it is the first part, it doesn't make sense. Folkifying. You're affying like, them. You're affying them. I'm not. I'm talking to them. Like <laughs> that's a fine. That's a fine. All right. So anyway. Anywho. So yeah, the other Fort Wayne Shopify workers um, <laughs> went, and I was gonna originally go because we everybody gets like you know one conference they can choose to go to for in a year. That's like definitely all expenses paid. Kind of like mm-hmm. you, know, you pick it, go to it, whatever. Um, and so I was going to go to that, but a, one of my college roommates is getting married next month, but I'm not going to be able to make it to the wedding. And so I'm going to go to his bachelor party, which is we're doing this weekend. So it's like, well, I'm not going to abandon Kendra for a whole week and then like another three days for the the following weekend. Um, mm. so I had to kind of make a choice there. I'm like, eh, rails conf happens every year. You should have had your, uh, your friend's bachelor party and, uh. Portland in Portland. Portland? Yeah, yeah, there you go. That there you go. That would have been a thing. So, so yeah, I, my understanding is rails comp went pretty well from the, the guys I talked to that went and yeah, we'll see how that goes. I was bummed that I did not go, but I will go to a different, different conference. We, yeah, that, we I want to start speaking at conferences again. Um, let's do it, man. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, it's uh, up to this point. I've been kind of be like, well, it's just, you know, two young kids, like, it's been really hard. Things are getting easier with like Asher can walk now and he's, yeah, he's an angry toddler, but yeah, otherwise it's pretty okay. So yeah, I'll need to start putting some talks together just cause I haven't even written a proposal in a long time and try to get some things out there. And Shopify has, um, that's considered like part of my work kind of in a way, like mm-hmm. if I want to do it, like Shopify will, like my manager will make sure to cut out time for me to be able to prepare that stuff. And mm-hmm. you get a bonus when you go and speak that is like whatever the ticket price would have been. Like you just get that as a bonus in addition to having like your expenses paid. Dang. Um, so there's definitely benefits to going and doing this stuff. And uh, obviously it's marketing for Shopify in that sense too. So uh, in most um, cases, if you're interested uh, in Elixir still, uh, ElixirConf is coming up mm-hmm. um, and the venue looks pretty fucking dope. And they're, um, it's in um, Colorado. Oh, yeah. Near Denver, uh, Aurora, yeah. Colorado. And it's inside like a, like a resort. And the resort looks really nice and it's really like family friendly. So I don't know. Might be nice to like maybe take your whole family. And, yeah, dude. Know, I'm not flying fun. with th- these munchkins <clears throat> this year oh yeah, yeah no nope, we're not doing that yeah florida was I rough forgot you just went through that yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> never mind otherwise Redacted. that was a great idea but it yeah. makes me go like dude i really do need to remember to like submit a talk to code mash submit a talk yes. to code mash like it's literally drivable it's a resort i could take the kids there like it would be yeah it would be good yeah code mash so. would be a good one yeah um, so that's yeah, kind of cool. where i'm at but how are things going for you so I want to talk about Coder Journey a little bit real quick. All right, let's do it. Well, let's get some concrete steps going in. Because every uh, week yeah. we come in I know, here, every time we talk about this and I and go, you're like, well, yeah, I thought about, back, I thought about, Carter thought about it a little bit. So I think what I'm going to do is, what, uh, what I think is I'm just. The, yeah, I guess what is stopping you from, is it a time? It can't be time, right? Because we all have the same time. Yeah, we all have always, the same time. I honestly, it's usually like, the evenings are when I have time to do things and I'm just kind of fried mm-hmm. most of the time. Yeah. The yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the thing that really stops me most of the time is just motivation. Um, 
And so I think what I'm going to start doing is just cutting out some time during my actual day to do it. Yeah. Like, you know, pick a, pick a time that's like not super work productive most of the time, like for work, work and just be like this half hour is me to, as like focus time to do anything that I find, you know, enjoyable, whether that's read a book that I think is going to be helpful for me in my career, like learning something new or working on some sort of tutorial thing or doing that. So that that's the, the concrete step that I'm going to take in order to actually do something is just cut out some time for it. I just need to time box it. How about we do this? What if we do this? And by we, I mean you. Okay. Just say 15 minutes every day to work on Coder Journey stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just 15 minutes. That works. Every day. We'll, it doesn't, we'll it doesn't have to be a half hour. Yeah, I can get yep. so much done in, with 15 minutes. Exactly. Isn't it so dude. embarrassing to think that, about? Like, well, that'll build momentum. Like, that's yeah. what I've been finding is like, okay, I'm not going to sit there and say, I'm going to, you know, finish this whole uh, feature today, right? Bingo. I'll just say, yeah. you know what? I'm just going to spend 10 minutes. And what usually happens is I end up spending, you know, a half hour, 45 minutes because it's, you know, I'm engaged mm-hmm. in it. So it's the tiny habits thing, right? Yeah. It's, it's the like, getting don't say over that I'm going to go run a mile, like say like, yep. I'm going to do a minute of jumping jacks. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, I think that would help you um, a lot in this situation. I, yeah, I think so too. Me. And yeah. it's, I was, it's so funny to look at like pre kids, Keith, Yes. was damn, damn <laughs> Dude, good at I this know, stuff, right? Like <laughs> I was, I was pretty good at cutting out time to be like, from this time to this time, I'm just going to be cranking yeah. things out. And usually this is another thing that's been a big bummer is that you, my, my time to like be really productive historically was the mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I'm waking up at like five 50 or something at this point. And the kids are supposed to sleep until like seven 38 o'clock. I'm like, Oh, I've got all this time to myself. And then of course, like, they just wake up at like six 30 every day. Now. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I've had breakfast and I've like meditated a little bit and now I'm about yep. to take now care you're of dead. I go to work. Yep. So yeah, that's, that's been such a bummer. So I'm like, I just need to block it out during my work day sometime. Just be like, this is Keith's break to do Keith things, recharge myself a little bit. I feel like I'm yeah. not just a cog in a machine. Yes. And so, so yeah, I think, I think that's right. I will, I'll me it. We'll just start with 15 minutes. And we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah, dude. Um, All right, cool. I like it. So, I like it. Um, me though, but I'm probably just going to take the kind of old idea. So <clears throat> this, uh, the old thing that I did in my rails tutorial series was, um, uh, for one, I did like, there's a whole Docker setup thing or whatever that I'm probably going to skip. Like, I'm probably just going to do like rails new, run it on a machine, whatever. If you're on windows, I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> but I, because yeah, that's only matters for the first, first step. But, uh, th- the project that I did was like a meal planning app mm. and, I literally still have this problem. <laughs> like Kendra and I have like all of these recipes and my wife has like a ton of dietary restrictions. Mm-hmm. And so we just end up eating the same, like four meals over and over again. And we just get super annoyed. With I it. have the same and we problem. We forget dude. about the old recipes yes. that we have. Yes. Yes. Right. So what I want to do is I want to get it to where I can put like recipes in here and then like, you know, put it, the ingredient, I, big picture. Like if this was going to be a real thing, I was going to build, it's put the recipes in, you have the, like that actually breaks down into ingredients. Um, you have it like randomize a meal plan for you. And then you connect that sucker to Kroger's API to just buy all the ingredients that you need for a given week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, the Kroger bit is would be way down the line and that'll probably realistically never get built but the if i just had a thing that especially because like, it costs a thousand dollars to get into a kroger api by the way what do you have to pay to get yeah. in really? yeah i think it's like a thought yeah i uh, was looking at this for my uh grocery bot that's a bummer anyway 
Okay, well that yeah. I'm sure we I'm sure we can find I mean, you know, we got the stand-up soldiers out there. Step step five, start a grocery store chain with an open API. <laughs> yeah. And there then <laughs> there you go. Work yourself work there your way you backwards. Uh-huh. There it is. But uh so yeah, I'm probably just gonna do this again. I'll build it with like Tailwind as like the the front end framework for it. But mm-hmm. I would like to like, you know, I feel like it's a good opportunity to touch on some of the new stuff in Rails 7 yep. that I haven't messed with. Um I can kind of decommission my old rails crap that's like rails four or something actually i think it might be rails five it might i think a series on upgrading actually would be pretty cool too oh god i would never be able to upgrade that app though (laughs) holy actually it's that's why that video would be so worth it's so small that i actually realistically would be able to upgrade it really easily but that's not the situation most people find themselves in where they're like i'm gonna upgrade this no i just like doesn't it has like 100 lines of code in it um yeah 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 i mean that yeah but but uh yeah so so that's my plan i'm just gonna recycle some of the old stuff that i had and go from there um i also am really thinking about making a framework or a a series on the solid framework have you seen this the The javascript solid it's a javascript framework that looks like react but it's like way more performant it's almost as fast as just writing vanilla javascript really yeah. Uh, Is that a have, virtual DOM and everything? It doesn't use a virtual DOM. It actually just all of this, it, it, it's compiler step compiles everything down into like native, just like um, touching the actual DOM code. Um, hmm. But yeah, it's apparently like crazy performant, but it has like, it's basically React's API. It just does hmm. some things a little, little bit differently. But there's a, there's a, the fire, is it Fireship or whatever? There's a YouTube channel that's like the programmer YouTube channel. It's like, relatively new because like tons of things but it'll do like solid in you know three minutes or something like that and mm. the really good like well animated videos that it kind of explained the ins and outs of a framework super fast and i was like wow this seems super dope so i might actually dig into that a little bit just for the fun of it that's cool that sounds um, cool yeah i also think you could do kind of those sorts of things with like youtube shorts so i've heard like youtube shorts are like a way to increase your viewership a lot. People yeah, I'm, I'm interested huge. to see what I could do with shorts. Because um, yeah. all the shorts I see look like crap. Yeah. Like, because they're all like recorded on your phone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. what they all yeah. look like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And I'm like, eh, I don't know about this. So, yeah, yeah I'll have to look into this a little bit. But yeah, because that would be something to sort of get more. Because it seems like, yeah, it's like YouTube shorts. So it has millions of views. I'm like, what? The, what? That like, a tiny little snippet has just boatloads of views. But yeah, I think that would be good for just like small things where like, Oh, you need to do this X, Y, Z almost like go down the rails cast route with that. Right. In a way, like mm-hmm. a lot of times mm-hmm. rails cast, the real tidbit of rails cast was like three lines of code. Exactly. That you needed. Um, yep. you bake those things into a minute and just put it as a well, short. I mean, like the, the good thing with like rails cast, like it, it focused on one, you know, like a one gem, right? Like, yeah. It was a one a gem, paper, one paper feature, one. Yeah. Very specific. Yeah. So you would know all the steps it would take to get not only paper trail installed, but you know, what initializers you needed and mm-hmm. what, um, you know, how you can use it all within, you know, a nine minute video, but you could actually probably, you know, tear those down into one minute, you know? Yeah. Dude, Ryan Bates, is yeah. he's a gem himself right yeah. there. Dude, he was he such is. a trailblazer for he got back in Twitter for a little bit. I saw that. Yeah. After yeah. like a gigantic hiatus and they bailed again, I think. Right. Yeah. I think. Uh, but Good for him. like his like service to the programming education space is like undeniable. Like, yeah, 
Because as far as I can really remember, he was basically the first like one that did mm-hmm. like weekly screencasts that were very focused. One of those things like it spawned so yep. many different things in all these other languages. Um, it makes it to where it's like super reliable. Like you just be like, oh, I'm learning a new language. There's definitely a streaming or like some yep. sort of screencasting thing for this. Yep. And yeah, it's been so good. So yeah, he was, yeah. his work's been really impactful. But. <clears throat> Cool, okay, cool. so that's me. I took 20 minutes to say that I didn't really do anything. I have a keyboard that I can really <laughs> use, and I'm going to use 15 minutes a day to try to get code nice, back off the ground. Like, like it. So what's been up um, with you? Yeah. Uh, well, I did want to touch on something that happened yesterday. Um, the thing I've been working on with my client. Past several months la- launched yesterday um, at Stripe Sessions. So I think I've been kind of hinting at, well, oh, I don't it, know how many. Nice. Okay. How many episodes we, uh, yeah. And so I, I did a little like toot about my experience of working with the Stripe team and like, I don't know, it was like a 20 thing toot. And the thing like, it's my biggest toot I've ever tooted. Yeah. I didn't uh, even like, see the toot. I don't check Twitter literally. Patrick. Ever, so. uh, well, the thing is Patrick retweeted it. Uh, Patty, and then I heard. That Patrick? No, or Patrick, the CEO. Uh, the CEO of. Okay. Stripe. Gotcha. Um, and then I heard like the whole Stripe team saw it and everything. So anyway, um, nice. I was just going to touch on that a little bit cause it seems like people are interested cause you know, I, I figure there's only a handful, I think 35 apps made it to launch, including ours, um, yesterday at the Stripe launch. Um, and it was just kind of a cool experience, like working with Stripe and kind of seeing some of the stuff on the inside that you know, everybody's impressed with all the developers are impressed with on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like literally like that from working with them. So um, in February, I think it was February, it might've been January actually, but Stripe reached out to my client um, kind of unprovoked um, because I think they were looking at other platforms and seeing, you know, apps on other platforms. Mm-hmm. My client's app is on Slack. Um, and so Stripe is like, Hey, we want you to build something similar for, for, for a Stripe platform. And, and my client was a little, wasn't gung ho at first, just because he's, you know, I mean, it's his money. Like he's been burnt on, you know, platforms, you know, building four platforms, specifically Slack, um, several times he's been kind of burnt by them. Gotcha. Um, you know, kind of, that's kind of the risk you take when you're building stuff on people's platforms, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but after talking with them um, and they were very, you know, they're like, they didn't really have any direction on the app. We're like, hey, we want to build what we build on Slack, but we want to build it for Stripe. Like we want to build it native for Stripe. So like, you know, not just creating a task, but you can create a task automatically when you have a new customer um, to, um, automatically send them a welcome email or something like that, like those types of use cases where, um, and I didn't even really explain what the Stripe apps are, but basically they're little JavaScript apps. They took Mm -hmm. a subset of react. So it it is react running, um, in an iframe and you can install these apps on your dashboard and Stripe. Oh, cool. And then, and then these apps can work on, the things that you're seeing in your dashboard. So if you're like on a customer page, your app has the context of that customer. So you can do things like create a task for that customer, you know? So, um, yeah, it was really interesting because, um, 
the biggest thing that I saw with, with, with Stripe, you know, I've, I've seen, you know, I've worked with Slack a ton. I know mm-hmm. how they kind of work. I've, I've worked with teams before. Like I know some of these teams work and, um, or kind of how these marketplaces work. And Slack was like very, very interested in like us succeeding. Yeah. Like even up to the yesterday or Monday, we had several bugs. Okay. They, they kind of told us all along, don't worry about if there's bugs because we're not really launching the apps. Like nobody's allowed to install the apps except a few like choice vendors that they chose Okay. Um, until June. So we're like, okay, we're not going to really make these buttons work and stuff like that. <laughs> and something, something changed. This is li- literally the only hiccup in the whole process. Something changed where like they wanted these things to work. So they worked with us like right up to like Friday. They're like, we don't know if you're going to be in launch. And we're like, dang, man, we like did a lot of work to make sure we're in launch. Yeah. And then Monday, they're like, we really want to see you in launch. And they're like, okay, let's submit some few more changes and we'll get it in. So, so they worked with us um, right up to, to the end, which was so cool to kind of see. Like they know that we're not Google or Dropbox or whatever all these other companies are in. We're just some two-person team yeah. <laughs> that created an app. Um, so yeah, it was cool. So in January, February, I, I started working on it. So that's why I remember February. But basically they, you know, we had to give them our NPM um, usernames and our GitHub usernames. And they gave us access to a private NPM repo that had this SDK, this React SDK in it. Okay. Um, and then they gave us uh, access to their Stripe apps repo where we could file issues and all that stuff. And then they gave us access to their documentation. They already had some documentation in the works that was behind like our Stripe accounts. Like nobody else could see it, just us. Nice. Um, along with like the marketplace that they were building. Um, and then they gave us access to a Discord server, a private channel in their Discord server. Um, and just kind of the way that they worked every week was just amazing to watch. You know, like they... Every Monday they had an email that would at the top, it would say like 106 days to launch, right? Right at the top. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the next week would be, you know, 99 days to launch, you know? And so you knew the timeline, the timeline was not changing, right? They had Stripe sessions. They knew they were going to launch it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And they started off with only like six components and like three view type of things. And it was very bare bones. So it was very easy to kind of get started. And they had documentation on how you could hook up your back end, how you could make Stripe API calls from right from the front end if you wanted. Um, and so, and then every week um, they would send out a new email with new components or changes to components, uh, an update, a link to the updated SDK that you could download, a link to the new CLI that you could download. Um, and then uh, when you would submit GitHub issues, Dude, they would triage these things in like four hours at the most. And wow. like they would either give you a response or assign it to a certain team member and they would follow up. Any questions you had in a Discord, like Stripe um, employees would, would answer them. Nice. Uh, if nobody else from the community would answer them. Uh, they had office hours. So if you had trouble um, with any technical thing in your app or questions about design or things like that. They had weekly office hours that they had a, a calendar uh, thing that you could just schedule office hours and Stripe apps team members were there um, for That's you. awesome. Yeah. And uh, we had a few uh, meetings with them. 
with a few members of their 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 team that they would work with with vendors like us. So it, it was like a great experience, man. It was just um, yeah, pretty cool. So I, I think that yeah, um, yeah, I think that app marketplace is going to do like. There's so many good ideas for apps in there already. Like Bear Metrics is in there. Like, I'm surprised actually that I didn't see Shopify in there. Um, I think like Podio or Podium or Podio, whatever that uh, kind of Gumroad alternative oh, is in gotcha. there. So you can like charge for products and stuff right within their app. So I'm assuming Shopify will be in there at some point. Or yeah, I'm, I'd be curious if so. We we partner with Stripe. A lot. Yeah. Like we yeah. have a lot of open communications on stuff like um, and, and just joint development on. on yeah, I would we, imagine. But yeah, I'm, I'd be kind of curious if uh, we want to go down that route or if it's one of those things where it's like, well, we already we kind of bake Stripe into Shopify mm-hmm. in a sense. Right. Like so the, when you're doing the default sort of payment flows, like are you doing like um, Shopify payments or whatever? Yeah. Um, it uses Stripe, but yeah. you, don't, you don't really know about it though, in a sense, right? Like, or I think it might be branded a little bit that, that there's like Stripe on there, but it's like you go through all of our stuff. Yeah. And so we, ideally, I think in our in our case, we don't want you to, necess- it's not that we don't want you to go yeah. to Stripe's dashboard, but we want you to just be able to stay in admin for Shopify. I was, yeah, I was just going to say like Shopify seems like they just want you to stay on their platform. Yeah. The same reason that Stripe, you know, like released this marketplace. Yeah. They want you to stay in there. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I get it. I, I would imagine that Shopify and Stripe talked um, and something didn't happen because of that. Um, yeah. Like you said, maybe it's not in their DNA to do that. But yeah. 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 One of those yeah. things that, yeah, just might not have been. Uh, yeah been like, ah, this doesn't really make sense for us, but it does. Yeah. I mean, if, if you are building your own system that interacts with Stripe and you don't have like customer management software, like in within your app, like dude, there's a no brainer to be, if you can add functionality to Stripe just out of the box by installing some app, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty big, I think. Um, and now I've seen kind of two different company, actually three, uh, kind of companies that have like these custom um, APIs for their UIs. Uh-huh. Um, Stripe does it a lot different than Slack does it. You know, Slack just has their, you know, JSON, custom JSON thing yeah, that they convert the into data HTML. And they send yeah. the, or build the building the blocks. UI. Yeah. But I do like Stripe's approach because um, they did constrain their UI. Like, you know, you can't say with equals 90 pixels, right? You can just say with equals medium, right? Or you can't oh, nice. say like, color equals, uh, you know, red, um, you can only say, you know, color equals container or, you know, something well, like you that. Said, you said it's a subset of React, right? Yeah. So you can't use like, you can't use like a div, right? You can't use uh, like an H2. So um, is it actual React or is it like? It is actual React. Okay, it's called, yeah. it's like React minified and it's like there's another gen- or dependency called, and I didn't look into these, but there's another called Remote React or something. I think they're doing like, yeah, some remote calls to to some server and then bringing that response, like the UI back. Do the mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It, it's, gotcha. it's some well, weird shit. I'm curious doing, how they but, pass the context in and out of the iframe. It's just through props. Through props, okay. like yeah, through the iframe. I don't know. That's yeah. Bad. Like I, I know you can do yeah. it. It's like tedious yeah. and annoying to do. 
Yeah. Um, but it, it depends on if they are propagating the other way, right? Like if they just, if they basically just pass in like, here is this customer ID, like they, they give you the things that you need so that your little mini React app can like hit the server and get what it needs mm -hmm. to get, and but mm -hmm. not propagate back the other way. That's what I want to know is like, if you do something in the app, does it change what you see outside the iframe at all ever? Because um, if it does that, uh, yeah, that's so much like like, like, yeah, like if you do something on your server and you want to notify the user inside Stripe. Yes. Yes, you can do that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Does that happen yeah. inside your iframe or does it happen inside Stripe? It happens inside your iframe. Okay. They yeah, are working. Was, yeah. Okay. They are working on. So one of the things that we brought up, I think I can say this. One of the things we brought up is like a notification system, you know, like Stripe has like that little bell mm -hmm. um, in their dashboard. So we wanted to have a way to add our own stuff into there, oh, which yeah, you can't do right now. Yeah, to tie into notifications. Yep. Yeah, the biggest the biggest issue with the Stripe apps is that they didn't have any sort of graph into your dashboard in terms of like the users. Because that really was never really a use case, right? Like to be able to say, oh, I have three other people on my team that have access to the Stripe dashboard and One's an admin that can, you know, create customers or something, right? Mm -hmm. There's no access into that. So our team, our app, um, Kyber, is really based a lot on team teamwork. Like you can assign tasks. Oh, you can gotcha. assign tasks. So we didn't, we couldn't even build that side of things yet because they're like, yeah, we're going to build that. But listen, like we don't have the time to build yeah. that right now. Mm -hmm. And like they never needed it before. But now they, they kind of do because there's lots of people that kind of wanted that. So yeah, you'll need that for a lot of automation yeah. purposes. You need to know mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So there is like a lot more stuff coming, but it was just like, like even that, like determining what they released at first versus what they didn't. Mm -hmm. Like right at the end, they like up until last week, they had this like secret uh, kind of this place to put secrets on their platform. So if you mm -hmm. wanted to attach some sort of data to, a record you could do that and only you could access it you know not everybody could access it mm -hmm. um, and they just implemented that they implemented that like last week and they're like nice. hey, here's some permissions you need and like spelled it all out it was just i don't know it's just kind of amazing the, <laughs> the amount of people that are involved in the teamwork that they can they mm -hmm. can kind of get out of all those people so here's so. the question now that you've yeah. seen the the inner workings of a, a big uh, well-respected Ruby shop. Would you like to come work with me at Shopify? It is much the same. <laughs> um, this, uh, this experience has definitely piqued my interest. Uh, maybe not with Shopify. Oh, come on. Uh, come on. But maybe with another S company. Um, yeah. yeah, no, no, I, I, um, it, it's still, still in my head, man. But yeah, it, it uh, blows I've, my mind, honestly, to see how things get done. And now that I'm yeah. like in a bigger organization, just being like, Oh, like, dude, we have so many, the, the resources we have and the people and teams and stuff that we work with. It's so cool. Like, yeah, I think you could also, I could also learn a lot about like what smaller companies don't have, like mm -hmm. that makes those bigger companies work like that and how you could like make it fit into smaller companies. Is, you know what I mean? Like it's always seems it's always easier to take something that you learned in a smaller company and implement in a larger company. It always seems to turn out better. But when you have like well operating, companies like Shopify that here, Stripe, what is it about their organizations or the things that they teach or um, the people that they hire, or their hiring practices? What is it that makes that work 
at only 1% of the company, the large organizations. Yeah, it's, like, it's kind of wild. How can you bring that to smaller organizations? Because then, then it will get propagated up into a larger mm-hmm. organization. So that well, like piece of like learning from how larger organizations operate efficiently is very interesting to me. Yeah, I think seeing the difference between smaller. Oh, I can't hear and, you. Oh, no. Oh, no. No. Oh, no. Has it happened? Wait, did you mute yourself? Can't hear you. Maybe it's my thing. Hold I think on. it's you. Uh, okay. Well, on that note, oh, there you go. Nope. I hear you. It was my headphones. <laughs> nice. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah, but the operation inside of the big org has really opened my eyes to like different things to consider, um, which has been pretty neat. Just like boundaries on teams, like working at a small org, you don't really have that many teams, right? There are hundreds of teams at Shopify that mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, I need to go talk to xyz team about this thing that i'm using from their system i didn't have to tell them that i was going to use this or whatever i'm just integrating with it and mm-hmm. like the other day i went in and deleted like seven thousand lines of code and, <laughs> from a different repo yeah. and i was like hey i'm removing this dependency from you guys because we were you were interacting with us in this way that's not going to be a thing anymore we ha- opened this other channel for you this will be way better blah 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 um and like it was a seamless process yeah also it caused an issue when i deployed it uh, because of a change that happened in a different system that was not propagated all the way through. And there was zero blame thrown. Like there's no, there was no reason for me to know that it like happened because I had already top added, which is just like, I'd done manual testing on this thing. I demonstrated it. I had like screenshots of like, this is what happens when I ran these requests. This is the code mm-hmm. symbols I used, blah, blah, blah. So like we knew it all worked. But then between me doing that and the thing actually getting merged, there had been a little bit of time and somebody shipped something weird and it ended up breaking. It wasn't a huge deal, but there was literally no like fingers pointed or whatever. I was like, yeah, this is my bad. This is why it happened. And they're like, oh, that makes a ton of sense. Like I had to tell them in a different Slack channel that I shouldn't even be a part of, but I was monitoring it because I cared whether or not their system broke because of something I did. And yeah, it was awesome. There's like, it's a blameless culture. That's the biggest, that's the biggest thing I think that high efficiency organizations have and that's if autonomy Mm -hmm. and anytime like you just described two things that you could have done without asking anybody or do anything you got shit done things were shipped and things worked out nobody blamed every anybody because they know that they can just ship without blame right Mm -hmm. i have worked with you know hundreds of companies and any company where I say, well, I have to ask so-and-so if I you know, about that, or I have to go and, and reach out to this team to see if we can do that. Like those types of things where you have to ask permission, like those are the companies I think that run so slow and, and, and takes, there's so much bureaucracy and all that crap. Yep. And you have like a high level of autonomy in these companies. Like I hear that you have an Apple and you have a Stripe and you have, you know, Shopify, like those are the, Kind of, I think that's a really big key is the autonomy. Just hire people you trust and trust them to do the work. Like, bingo. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. All right. Cool. This has been a good episode. It's been really fun. I'm kind of glad that I had not seen your tweet storm or whatever from yesterday. I'll go, I'll go read it now, but uh, I'm glad that you had a good experience and it's awesome that you got to launch that thing with Stripe. Yeah. It was great. It was great. I also did a lot of things with Tetsu, but we'll talk about them next time. All right. Sounds good, man. All right, man. Well, have a good couple weeks. See you, dude.